Republican Ernie Trakis has been on the St. Louis County Council just over a year, and already he's on the political hot seat. He's part of a four-member faction, led by Council Chairman Sam Page, that has led the drive to overrule County Executive Steve Stanger on a number of issues. Trakis also is the target of a recall effort that appears to have ties to Democrats aligned with Stanger. The county executive used to hold the 6th district seat, now occupied by Trakis. On our latest edition of Politically Speaking, Trakis talks to me about the recall, his political goals, and why he thinks the county council is such a hotbed of unrest. Let's cue the music. This is the Politically Speaking podcast, a candid conversation with the Show Me State's biggest political newsmakers. I'm Jason Merzenbaum. And I'm Joe Manis. That's Eric Greitens, Navy <laughs> SEALs running for governor, and I'm really, really glad to be on with you, Jason and Joe. I'm going to push back on these regulators. I'm doing this for the people. I was encouraged along the way, not just by my family, but by a lot of teachers and professors, and knew when I was in college that I would run for office someday. We're very excited about the prospect of having some more free market solutions. Even though after the conversation, I still might not agree. We want our listeners to get a real sense of what drives these people. They're actually people with a story to tell. Hi, I'm Joe Manis. Jason is on assignment, so I'm here by myself. My guest is St. Louis County Councilman Ernie Trakis, who represents the 6th District, which takes in much of South St. Louis County. He and I are having a wide-ranging discussion on a whole host of issues. What prompted you to get involved in politics? Um, a sense of wanting to give back to the community that has been good to me. Um, a sense of... Uh, Edmund Burke, all that's necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. Hey, you want to explain to our listeners, I know who Edmund Burke is, but you want to explain to our listeners who Edmund Burke is. Uh, um, member of the British Parliament from Ireland, poet. Um, so so um, first, before we go any further, explain to our listeners where your district is. Um, geographically, it begins just, uh, I guess its northern border is just south of the city. The eastern border is the Mississippi River. The southern border is the uh, Merrimack. And uh, the um, west border is, you know, around Graboy, uh, in and out. So it's quite large. So you've been now on the council, what, a year? Almost to the day. Okay. So I'm interested in your assessment of how the council operates, and and then we'll talk about what some of your key issues are. Okay. Um, that's a great question, Joe. And if I may, I'll take a little time with it. Under the charter, the county charter, the government is, or the charter is, executive-centric, meaning that... Um, the council itself has very little, uh, I brought an organizational chart for you just to have, but anyway, council has very little um, actual authority, except in primarily in the area of auditing and the budget, of course. Um, as any other government, the executive branch is responsible for the actual uh, running of the government. It's our job on the council to act in an oversight and checks and balance capacity, um, primarily through appropriating the budget every year, 
and making sure that uh, we have transparency and uh, good management. And that's what we've tried to do this past year. Uh, obviously, it um, hasn't always been easy. We've uh, not always agreed with um, the county executive. Now, just so listeners uh, get it, the uh, St. Louis County Charter, um, the councilman is very correct. It gives a lot of power to the county executive. Now, just as an aside, this was mainly drawn up by Republicans about 50 years ago when the county was pretty much GOP turf. So in some ways, it's at the, from politicians at the time, they were some way contrasting it with the city of St. Louis, which has a very split government. And some thought that that actually um, did not help uh, how things were governing because the mayor in the city is actually part of a three-person body that actually runs things. Um, so in the case of the county, the county executive does is granted a lot of power. And the county council does have limited power except when it comes to budgets mm -hmm. and audits. So how do you see the current dispute um, – well, it's not just over the budget. It seems to be there's tension on a lot of things. And for the most part, you've been aligning yourself in somewhat with Council Chairman Sam Page, who's a Democrat and who's become a very sharp stinger critic. I'm just interested in your assessment in why things are the way they are and kind of how you see things going forward in 2018. Well, I think Chairman Page has uh, got a keen interest in good governance, transparent government, um, as do I along with Councilwoman Irby and Walton Gray. Um, and we have been committed to scrutinizing legislation as it comes to the council. We've done that. And when um, we have questions, we've pursued those questions, um, and sometimes with great vigor. Um, and it's different than it has been in the sense that if you look at the, certainly recent history, the last dozen years anyway. Um, most of the time, the council has acted as a rubber stamp for whatever the executive wanted. This council is not like that. We um, are committed to strictly scrutinizing legislation and, and making sound judgment based on information we can get our hands on. Now, how do you see the, uh, well, we'll talk about the budget first. Mm -hmm. I mean, what the county approved, the county council approved, it was basically $31 million less than what uh, the county executive Steve Stinger had proposed. Um, uh, if you want to talk about why you supported that budget, I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Mm -hmm. So talk about why you supported it and what you think that means or doesn't mean as far as the cuts from his proposal. I mean, it's generally a freeze plus 5% for mm -hmm. most departments. That's correct. And um, this is a great opportunity to give you an example of how the, the council has functioned differently this year than in past. Last year, after I was elected, but before I took office, I set in on what amounted to basically a day and a half of budget hearings. This year, we probably had at least 10 separate days of budget hearings. And so that allowed council members to be prepared and also to spend significant time with department heads questioning them with regard to their budget. Through that process, we obviously discerned that there was money to be saved or at least um, withheld um, because it was not going to be spent. The council did not cut Mr. Stanger's budget at all. It gave him every penny he spent in 2017 plus 
And um, there's nothing stopping him from instructing any department head to come back before the council and ask for supplemental appropriation. The council did its job. That's exactly what it should be doing, overseeing the taxpayer's money, how it's spent, when it's spent. And it's no secret that uh, the um, budget itself, as submitted, clearly states that uh, by 2019, we're significantly into the reserves, and by 2021, probably through them. That's untenable. It, can, it is not acceptable to take that on and then resign ourselves to increase taxes. So what do you think needs to be done to sort of uh, put spending in line or kind of how do you see, especially as a new member, mm-hmm. so you've been looking at some things with a fresh eye? I think it takes keen management and leadership and discipline. And um, I think, frankly, that's where um, – Myself and some members of the council have parted ways with the county executive. So, how do you, uh, as 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 you know, and as our li- some of our listeners may know, the most recent council meeting, the right before it, the county executive issued an executive order that basically blocked the council's proposed plan to increase its own spending by about five hundred twenty-seven thousand uh, dollars, which was generally earmarked to beef up the. Um, auditor staff and also to pay for a proposed legislative director. Mm -hmm. Um, The county executive and frankly at least one of the council people has said that the legislative director spot really that that the council can't have it unless voters approve it because it's not contained in the charter. I'm interested in your take on that but then also um, how you see what the county executive did. I mean the council has no recourse. Uh, in in this particular incident. And what do you think this means going forward? A couple of questions there. So if you don't mind, I'll take them separately. Um, Let's start with uh, the executive order. Um, Quite frankly, uh, I I think that's a political grandstanding. I don't think that the executive order... um, will pass legal scrutiny, quite frankly. I think he has the ability under the charter to move funds around within departments. I don't know that he has the um, authority under the charter to uh, move funds wherever he chooses. Now, uh, that said, as far as recourse, I think those options are still being considered. We've already sued the county executive once, um, and I think that if necessary, that certainly uh, is a possibility with respect to the legal sufficiency of his executive order. So um, that's a possibility, I think, certainly. What, what right, does the, this uh, mean as far as relations for the rest of 2018 and as far as the whole fight over the auditor? Okay. Um, with respect to the auditor, and we've already talked about how that function is almost uh, the, the only area that the county has authority to speak of under the charter. So with respect to staffing the office, um, throughout this year, two additional positions have been appropriated for. And um, Mr. Stanger refused to fill those positions, to authorize those positions to be filled. By comparison, if you look at any county that's our counterpart, they have at least three, and in some instances, five or six deputy auditors. It's naive. Again, I'm talking about leadership here. It's naive to think that a county the size of St. Louis County 
should function with one auditor or two auditors. Um, and so this idea that you know we're we're over budgeting because we want to fill the auditor positions again I think speaks to leadership and vision. Um, the other thing with respect to the legislative research director, um, I think what you're going to see in the very near future is um, a a ballot initiative to amend the charter. We have a sort of bilateral government. We have the county executive and the council. I know of no other legislative body that I can think of that does not have its own attorney. And it speaks again to the obvious conflict that the county counselor's office has between the executive and the council. The county counselor is appointed by and serves at the pleasure of the county executive. So the idea that he can somehow work for both the council and the county executive when we have disagreement and conflict is the essence of conflict of interest. The council needs to have its own attorney and I'm confident that uh, the council will propose and put on a ballot um, initiative amendment of the charter for that purpose. Now, how do you see things, I mean, do you see things continuing kind of somewhat combative between the council and Stanger over the course of this year? Do you think things might calm down once the, since the budget issue, uh, fair or unfair, will be kind of more set in stone? In other mm -hmm. words, what's, whatever's been approved or right. action is done. Or do you think the ongoing lawsuit's going to add some spice to it? I'm just interested in your thoughts. I think that um, cooperation is a two-way street. Um, I can tell you that uh, myself, Chairman Page, have um, made overtures um, to the county executive to try and find common ground. Um, and so that's always a possibility, but it, it takes um, both sides to make the effort. Um, as going forward, whether or not that will happen, if you look at um, 2017, as you know, the leadership on the council has not changed. I don't suspect that our commitment to um, good governance and transparency in government is going to change. So that means we're going to continue to scrutinize um, legislation and spending because that's the function of the council. Now, you, you probably know this, but it's actually rare for the council to keep the same person as chairman two years in a row. Uh, why do you think the council decided to do that, to keep Page in that position? And is that intended in part to send a signal to Stenger that you're serious? Well, I don't know that it was intended to send a signal, but I think it probably does. Um, and as to the first part of your question, Chairman Page did an excellent job this year in terms of forming a coalition that um, had a Republican, myself, and Democrats focused on good government. And um, when you have good leadership, there's no point in changing it. How would you characterize your relationship with the other two Republicans on the council, Colleen Wassinger and Mark Carter? I would categorize them as working relationships. Um, we obviously have had our disagreements um, in terms of um, legislation. So um, we get along and, uh, you know, I'm a big believer in finding common ground where I can. I'm always amenable to that. Um, so I would call the relationship a working relationship. Now, do you know uh, the, the county auditor, um, Mark Tucker, 
what I've been told is although he's close to Page, he also has a number of Republican allies as well. I'm just interested in what you know about him. And do you think it's, I mean, Stinger's contending he's unqualified. Do you agree or disagree? Well, a couple things. One, I don't know him, never met him before he was uh, presented to the council for the job. Um, and as whether or not he has support from Republicans, other, I, I don't know. Uh, but with respect to his qualifications for the job, again, we go back to the charter. The charter, and it's the only case in the charter that has a designated position that does not carry a degree requirement and a certification requirement. The only requirement for auditor is that the individual have five years of accounting experience or auditing experience. Um, and so um, when you look at Mr. Tucker's background working with the state legislature, I think he certainly meets that criteria. Um, the, the larger question is, why are we talking about this a year after the fact and we still have two unfilled positions that, are, that the funds are appropriated for because the county executive has refused to fill those positions and, and in doing so, hamstrung the auditor's ability to conduct audits? Now, Stinger says actually that he's not opposing having some of those positions filled. Uh, do you think he's, I mean, how do you see that? Well, that's relatively new and it's contained in his executive order because I think he's reached a point where he has no choice. The fact of the matter is when we inquired um, of his director of personnel on that particular um, issue, we were told that there was a hiring slushy meaning that it wasn't a hard freeze, but that um, each department head would have to come to the director of personnel and make his case for any hires. We've done that. And um, to this point, they still are unfilled. So um, I think you can read whatever you want into the executive order, but it sounds like um, we're going to go ahead and have them filled now. Now, amid all this, A, um, you want to talk a bit about what your objectives are as a member of the council, if there's key issues that are important to you, mm -hmm. and then I'm going to bring up a couple of things that you and I have talked about before, you are facing a recall. I'm just interested in your mm -hmm. thoughts about if it's politically motivated or what. Um, so the first part of your question, you know, what am, I, I'm there to represent District 6 to the best of my ability and make sure that they have an honest, forthright, representative who is not a rubber stamp that protects District 6 from overdevelopment or improper development, that um, protects taxpayers from unnecessary uh, spending. So that's what I'm committed to. Um, and of course, good, transparent government. Now, with respect to the recall, that is little more than a political witch hunt driven by the county executive. I have no doubt in my mind that uh, he is behind it. Um, when you look at um, what has gone on to this point, the amount of money they've spent, uh, this has got nothing to do with my performance. It has everything to do with my disagreement with the county executive and his um, legislative initiative and other program ideas to this point. Now, uh Stanger used to represent that district. That's correct. So it could be that maybe he has some interest in some of the things that have been going on. Uh, he did back your Democratic opponent. You won. Uh, this was in part, I think, because of the Trump wave. And, and um, I'm just interested in your thoughts about 
um, the Republican support you have in the district, what you're hearing from constituents? Are they pretty supportive of what you're doing and what you see going forward? Um, I think I enjoy a significant degree of, of support from um, all of District 6. Um, I can tell you I get stopped all the time by people I don't even know who thank me for um, taking a hard stand, for making tough decisions. So um, I, I believe I have significant support. Um, as far as what I see going forward, I think this uh, recall effort ultimately is going to be exposed at the, as the political sham it is. Um, and, and one thing that's important and District 6 residents should, should know and the rest of county voters should be concerned about is this is effectively attempting to disenfranchise the people that put me in office because the powers that be don't like the fact that I'm not a rubber stamp. It's no more complex than that. What do you see as the biggest uh, differences between you and the county executive that you think propelled some of this? Oh, um, I'll give you an example from the first council meeting I went to. On the uh, agenda was the uh, development of bike paths in Cliff Cave Park. Now, during the campaign, I had met with and talked to residents that had some concerns about that. And along with that development was access to the park from Telegraph Road. Um, so I explained to the county councilor that I was not prepared to move forward that legislation because I had concerns. Long story short, when it was apparent that I was not going to um, green light this legislation, Mr. Stanger determined that he didn't need council approval because it was parkland and he had the authority to do it. Now, that begs the obvious question. If you had the authority to begin with, why would you seek council approval um, in any case? But that's just one example. We, we can look at this propensity to use the Port Authority to um, accomplish goals that, uh, that the executive has. For instance, the development of uh, Jamestown Mall or just in the last few weeks, the idea that the um, property, real estate property buildings in Clayton are going to be turned over to the Port Authority um, to facilitate the sale. Um, I'm not sure that that is exactly what the Port Authority was intended for or that it even has given authority to do that. So these are some of the things when, when you see um, clear indications of pay-for-play politics, of um, donors getting significant county business and contracts, that has to be looked at. Has, has the county executive talked to you at all about any of this? I mean, are some of these issues in the more recent weeks, or is he just... Not talking to you at all. He doesn't speak with me at all. Um, I say hello. He says hello. Um, I don't know that he speaks with Mr. Page or um, several other of the uh, council members. I'm, you know, I'm not certain about that. So um, at this point, when you look at are there particular issues that you're hoping to advance this year, despite all this other stuff going mm -hmm. on? Well, clearly. Um, Myself and Chairman Page um, are committed to reform, and the first step of that is amendment of the charter. I've already spoken about the need to amend the charter to provide for essentially a legislative council or uh, to the county council. 
Another area that um, I want to see uh, amended in the charter is deal dealing with campaign contributions and the need for um, accountability and transparency there. So that's a couple of, of key issues for me, certainly um, with respect to how we can amend the charter and thereby change the way the county government functions for the better of the betterment of the residents. Now, you want to talk a little bit about the campaign uh, donation uh, concerns that you have? This is interesting to mm -hmm. me. Um, can we talk a little bit about how you would like to see it? Well, I, I think we have to obviously hold hearings, but I think we need to establish protocols whereby, whether it's individual or corporate, we can limit amounts of donations. We can scrutinize cumulative donations, whether from different sources, but all driven by the same corporate entity or individual, um, so that we don't have situations where, like uh, Jamestown Mall, for instance, um, one set of developers um, have given the county executive almost $400,000. Um, and in return, they have very lucrative leases from the county. And in at least one instance, if not more, the county is paying two leases, the new one at Northwest Plaza and the old one on vacant space. Um, let's just give you an example, the election commission. Their space that they had in Richmond Heights is vacant now. We still pay the lease on that. So th that's waste, obviously. It's also bad management. Yeah, because aren't they now in... Uh, Northwest Plaza. Northwest Plaza. Have you looked at the space? I'm just trying to, I mean, do you feel that that move was necessary? I'm interested in, in your thoughts about that. Well, I, I think the idea is for the election commission to be located centrally so that all the county residents who have an interest can get there. Now, it's in North County now. And, well, and... And so if you live in North County, it's very convenient. But if you live in South County in District 6, not so much. I can tell you more than a few um, constituents have told me who have been um, poll workers and election workers that they're not going to do it anymore because it's too far. So, I, you know, I mean, I, I, do we need to move it? I doubt it. I think that it functioned fine where it was. More importantly, why didn't we make sure that we uh, aren't paying two rents. Again, that's my big concern is that, uh, you know, and this isn't the only instance where we're entering into agreements all too often with entities that are tied to donors of the county executive and we're paying double rent in essence for space we don't occupy. So um, again, it goes to leadership and management. I mean, do you think that maybe some of the stuff, at least, let's say they have a, I'm just throwing us out there. Should they be having like maybe a satellite office at least in South County? And I mean, because the whole, mm -hmm. the county election board, people can file their absentees there. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. some people register to vote there. Uh, just kind of your thoughts. I mean, is there a way to make it more amenable to the counties, the half of the, Mm -hmm. of the million population right. who will now see it driving further to get to services. Right. Um, you know, there's always that possibility. I don't know that the uh, Election Commission has um, 
considered it. Um, the other thing is, you know, there are there are classes that they teach for volunteers, and uh, I don't know that they'd be able to do that on a uh, satellite basis or not. Uh, so, you know, the idea conceptually would be great. Um, whether or not the commission has got the facility to implement something like that, I don't know. So, so what's the latest on the recall? Is it like, uh, are they still collecting signatures? Do they have to notify you when they want to try to have some sort of election? Are the Republicans in your district trying to block some of this stuff? I don't know. Block, I think they're supporting me um, very uh, assertively. And, and um, so I'm not too worried about that. Uh, I don't think it's a bipartisan effort by any means, even though they'd like to categorize it as such. Um, there's nothing bipartisan about it. Um, let's look at the facts. You've got a city resident that is essentially um, directing this uh, recall effort. Um, you have uh, paid individuals who are soliciting signatures. At a, well, I've been told $4 a signature. Now, to put that in context, um, there's been uh, statements that they've got 20-plus thousand signatures. Well, if they paid for half of them, that's $40,000, right? And my suspicion is they've paid for most of the signatures that they've gotten. Um, the other thing that should be of concern to people, it's no secret that the signature gatherers have misrepresented what they're asking people to sign. I've heard from dozens of people that they were approached at a library or approached at a mall or approached somewhere else, asked to sign a petition for police body cameras or for legaliz legalization of marijuana. When they've asked to see the petition, they say, oh, you don't need to see it. When they insist, they're shown it, and it's a recall petition. So the, uh, the real possibility of fraud throughout this uh, recall campaign is um, very real. Now, you're a lawyer, but have you thought about either challenging this or hiring a lawyer to challenge right. some of this? Well, I, what I can tell you is, as I understand it, um, when and if they acquire um, the requisite number of signatures, they can and will, um, I suppose, if they do that, uh, submit them to the election commission. And then the commission has the job of scrutinizing the signatures, making sure that they are, in fact, um, valid. They are, in fact, District 6 residents. And, um, and then once that's done, they will um, certify um, uh, the correct number if, it, if they have that and then um, set a date for an election. Now, before that happens, obviously, I've already talked about the fraud. That's, in my belief, absolute and provable. Um, and so we will have attorneys that will challenge um, the uh, validity of the signatures and the validity of the whole recall process because, obviously, um, they were misrepresenting what they were asking people to sign. How many signatures do they need? Um, approximately right around fourteen or 15,000. Now, the, the need for more than that is, I guess, dependent on who uh, is driving it? Maybe they figure they'll have some disqualification, so they want to have a cushion, I suppose. I don't know. Now, as a council person, a new council person, um, are there, ha have you run into a lot of things that you hadn't expected when you first decided to run for the county council? I would say, um, well, I thought I had a good handle on what politics was like. 
I would have to say that um, I probably um, am disappointed with how much rancor there is, um, how much um, misdirection, and quite frankly, with respect to St. Louis County government, a lack of transparency. Um, and that should be a concern to every voter in the county. So um, as you, I mean, do you, are you, do you regret running or are you happy that you ran even with some of these unexpected obstacles? Yeah. No, I'll tell you, Joe, um, I do not regret it. Um, I, uh, I prayed long and hard about whether or not to do it because I certainly didn't need it. I certainly did, did not and do not intend it to be a, a second career. I did it, as I said, to give back. I did it to bring forthright motivation to government um, because you look all around at every level and um, all you have to do is read the headlines and you can see the problems we have with office holders. That's why I did it and I have no regrets about that. If I have been a gadfly, if I have been um, an impediment to um, the perpetuation of lack of transparency, then good, then good. We need transparency in our government. We need good management. We need good leadership. And so uh, I don't regret any of that. So um, as you, there's been talk, as one of your Republican colleagues, Colleen Wassinger, has announced she's not going to run for another term at the end of this year. But there's talk that she may be encouraged by your party to consider running for county executive. Any thoughts about that? I mean, would you support that or... um, I mean, the, Stanger will be up for re-election this year, and right. the issue is who might challenge him among his own party right. and among the Republicans. I'm just interested, just to, from your perspective, what you see. Well, I mean, I have not talked to Colleen um, about this. In fact, I found out in the paper yesterday that she was not going to seek re-election. So um, I'd have to talk with her, find out what her positions are with respect to um, key issues, and then come to a, a decision with respect to um, support or not. Do you support, I mean, okay, you're Republican, but what's your thoughts about Stanger's reelection? Might you be looking for somebody else to support either within your party or the Democratic Party uh, among the challengers mm-hmm. of uh, the county executive? Or, I mean, I'm just interested in your thoughts. Well, I think two things. I believe that the county executive is most vulnerable in the primary. Um, Why is that? You want to explain that? Well, I don't think it's any secret that there are serious ongoing questions about his governance. All one needs to do is pick up the St. Louis Post-Dispatch almost on any given day. So um, I do believe he's vulnerable. Um, I believe that... um, more likely than not, um, a Democrat will probably have the edge in the general election. Now, that said, um, I believe if he was defeated in the primary, it would be very difficult for a Republican, it would have to be the right Republican, to uh, um, prevail um, because I think the Democrats would unite behind a new candidate. It's no secret that I, I think that the Democratic Party in St. Louis County and Democratic voters are going to be divided on Mr. Stanger um, if he wins the primary. Now, if he wins the primary, 
Um, that doesn't mean he's not vulnerable. It just means it's going to take the right person with the right message. Of course, candidate filing, though, is well before the primary. In other right. words, if you're right. Republican or a Democrat thinking about challenging him, you have to do that in about seven weeks. Right. As opposed to waiting to see what happens in August. Correct. Um, unless you want to try to do like an independent candidate route or whatever. Uh, I, mean, I guess there's all this stuff. I'm sure when you first decided you wanted to run for county executive, I mean, county council, that, that you never, this never probably crossed your mind. Had you run for office before and kind of how does this fit in? I mean, might you run for county executive someday? Oh, <laughs> I'm more than happy uh, being uh, representing District 6. So um, this isn't about me. This is about good government for St. Louis County. Um, as far as the candidates, I think you're going to see um, decisions in the next couple, three weeks, certainly, about – and I think people are well beyond just thinking about it now. I think they're putting their organizations together. But uh, I, I do think you'll see some, some decisions in the near future, and then we'll find out what's at play. Now, one last question. What do you see as the biggest challenge facing St. Louis County? Is it money or is it something else? Well, obviously, money's a big one. I mean, all you have to do is look at the budget as proposed – and you can see that in the in the near future, if we're not better stewards of the taxpayers' money, we're looking at the reduction and then possible elimination of our reserves, the decimation of our bond ratings, um, and that is just not acceptable. The only way to avoid that is you either cut services and programs and or raise taxes. Neither one of those is, uh, is an option as far as I'm concerned, that what it's going to take is better government. So that's a big issue. The other thing is um, we need to uh, continue to work on coming together as a community, as a county, north, south, west. Um, and, and, uh, and then finally, I think the, uh, the ongoing rumblings about a merger is a big issue. What's your views on that? Um, Primarily at this point, my biggest concern is the effort to end run the county residents and have the legislature in Jefferson City determine whether or not St. Louis City and county should merge. There's something undemocratic about that. Um, it would be like St. Louis County residents deciding whether or not Kansas City and, and the county surrounds it should unify. We have no stake in the outcome there. Why are we voting on it? So my biggest concern is this, um, as I said, this attempt to sort of bypass the, the voters that are affected by it, the residents of St. Louis County, and um, let other people decide um, our future. Something um, undemocratic, un-American about that. Okay. Now, this has been terrific. I really appreciate your time, and uh, I think this has been very enlightening for a lot of people. I can be reached on Twitter at Jay Manis. It's J-M-A-N-N-I-E-S. Uh, do you have uh, Twitter or how else can people reach you on social media? Well, um, I do have a uh, Facebook page and I also have a website, um, ErnieTrakis.com. You're free to go there and leave messages. I'll try to get back to you. Um, I'm pretty good about that. And you're also welcome to call me anytime. Um, and I typically get back to folks usually the same day or within a day. Well, thank you, sir. And until next time, so long. Thank you, Joe.